0: Welcome to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. Enjoy today's message. May you experience the presence of our Father, and may you grow deeper in your relationship with Him. so awesome to be here. My name is Henny. For those of you that didn't hear, I was one of the pastors here in Show for Secunda and um, I had such a fun time this morning ministering and trusting God with the people in the morning service, and I'm really trusting God that He's gonna speak to us again tonight. Again, only me, but it's okay. <laughs> we will we will grow into we will grow into the evening. So um I, was, uh, I spoke to someone this morning and they said, yeah, you guys left us. And we said, no, it's not the way it works in Secunda. We get sent from Secunda. You don't leave Secunda. So we didn't leave Secunda. You sent us. Okay, so it was mutual. It was a thing of, we can also see where God wants you and you can see where God wants you. So we went. Okay, that's why we are there let's pray together before we jump into scripture tonight Lord we are so excited to just experience something new of who you are tonight Lord thank you for the songs that was prepared for us that ministered to our hearts Holy Spirit thank you for being here this evening and um, Lord I just I just feel like proclaiming with our family here that you are not only sitting in a chair tonight you're not sitting in a corner somewhere you are actively involved in our hearts Lord you can see deeper than what we can explain you can minister deeper that we can verbalize that we can even think about Lord you can speak deeper into our hearts that we could ever imagine and tonight we trust you for that Lord we've tried many other things but when tonight we submit ourselves and we say, Holy Spirit, come, reveal. While our eyes are closed, will you just stay where you are sitting at this stage, just say, Holy Spirit, will you please come? Just in your own words, will you just say, Lord, as, as we speak about scripture tonight, as we share your word, as we testify, will you please shed your light? And just reveal in my heart what, what you would like to see, what you would like me to see tonight. Lord, for those of us that's battling to, to actually do introspection at this point, I, I pray in the name of Jesus that no, no influence of any spirit will stop us from seeing what you would like us to see tonight. Lord, thank you that nothing will influence what you want to reveal in us and through us tonight, and your scripture will make sense, your word will make sense, and we will be able to receive Thank you for breaking hard ground tonight, Lord. Opening minds to understand, opening eyes to see, opening ears to hear. We're just so expectant, Lord, and we just love you. Thank you for loving us first. In Jesus' name. Amen. So we are busy with the interesting series and in, and in in the congregation in Cape Town and when we came here, I was thinking, Lord, is, is, that, is that only for where we are at at this stage, or is it something that's, that you are busy stirring in, in your people's hearts, wider than just a specific geographical area? And when I read the scripture again, as I prepared for the sermon, I just felt God saying it's, it's very applicable. And when we start spending time in the scripture, it's going to make sense soon, but all across the world, God is building his church. And he's inviting every single one of us to be part of that. There's not one single person in this room tonight. I know we can speak about other people all over and I want to encourage you tonight not to think about everyone that should have been here and should have heard this or whatever. For now, you are here. And for now, it's really important that you understand that when God, He's ministering to you. He's ministering to you as an individual. And he's calling you into co-laboring with him. Building his church. Not building a premise. Not building a, um, a building. A theater place. A place of gathering. But a people. A people that's resembling him on earth in a way that as he reveals himself to you and through you. That someone else might also see him. It's really important that we believe that tonight. When when we speak about being a church, when we speak about following Jesus, we speak about someone wholeheartedly surrendered to Jesus, receiving revelation from him, and allowing that same revelation to be reflected in a way that draws attention to him, not to me. Not to a name. Not to an institution, not to a workplace, not to a church name, not to a flag, even if it's orange, although I love the orange flag, but the, the attention is not drawn to that orange flag, the attention is drawn to Jesus. And tonight he's calling you specifically, so whatever we read and speak about tonight, don't think it's for a collective people, it's for you, and it's for me. Is that Okay. So tonight I want us to, to use a specific scripture as a lens, something that we are going to view all the scriptures through tonight. So I'm going to read that verse, and then I want you to bear in mind the whole time that this is, what I'm, this is what's busy happening. I'm busy seeing how I am church, and how God wants to reveal himself through me. Is that okay? So let's look at the lens. Okay, the lens. Ephesians 4, verse 14 to 16. Now I know you have a brilliant teacher here and I love him very much and he will tell you that whenever a scripture starts with so that you know something else was said before that. If we do that then we are going to be here until those seats are no longer comfortable Okay, which is probably going to happen in about 25 minutes or so. So we're not going to go into, into so much detail but I want you to understand that I know there's something that happens before this, but it's not relevant for tonight, okay? So all of you teachers, please bear with me, even if you rate me two out of ten tomorrow morning in the reflective thing that's being... No, I'm just joking. There's nothing like that. So let's read. So that we may no longer be children or infants tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes, rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ. Now listen to this, verse 16. From whom the whole body, this body is us, every believer, not unbelievers, believers, From whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Will you repeat after me, working properly? Okay, will you lip sync with me? I'm just joking. Will you say it with me? Yeah, here it is. It wasn't you. Just say it with me. Working properly. Okay, so when we are working properly as a, as a body, as a church, equipped, makes the body grow each other so that it builds itself up in love when we are working properly. That means that if I am not functioning, I am causing poverty for you. Emotionally, spiritually, financially, whatever way. If I do not function aligned with what I am called for, I I um, can't what's that? I hold something back from someone that's that's almost according to scripture like breath. The whole family deteriorates when we do not work properly. When we do not function. When we think that as a body, I can just proclaim in my beautiful silence at home in the mirror before I go out of my house that I am a Christian. And I will see the rest of the Christians again Sunday not living from a place of working properly, equipped, building my brothers and sisters up in love. And we can see the effects of this all over. We can see business places, we can see families, we can see our own children, we can see our spouses, we can we can see what it looks like when we are not working properly. Right? So for that to happen, one of two things needs to happen. I I either have to receive special revelation from God telling me when I get reborn, when I decide to commit my life and follow Jesus. There's a special revelation word that comes to me that says, this is what I called you for. But often God uses someone else in the body to be that vessel. And sometimes God wants to use you. Sometimes the only people able to reach a very specific person is you. Tonight we are going to focus on what does this look like when we hear a message from God. And we're going to look at two very specific examples. We are going to look at Luke. Luke 1. To be specific. So there's 80 verses in Luke 1. And um, I tried to read many verses in a, in a service once and I, I actually went to Berlin and I asked her, Beline is, is my wife and she's with me in, in ministry, awesome help, I love her very much, that's why I ask her opinion, not really, it's also because she's really smart and she knows a lot of stuff. So I asked her, can I read so many scriptures and she says no, and I'm like, okay, I'll try something else. So we're going to stick to the amount of scriptures that's going to not force you to, to battle in your seats, okay? So we, I'm going to explain some and read some, okay? Luke 1, verse 11 to 13 says, And there appeared to him an angel of the Lord. Okay, so this hymn is Zechariah. This hymn, Zechariah, And not the English hymn, he wasn't a song, he was a person, that Zechariah, okay? So Zechariah is a priest, and at that specific stage, he was in the temple. So by the casting of lots, he got appointed, or chosen, or however you want to say it, to go into into the temple, and and he was busy with the table of incense, busy worshipping God. And while he was busy doing that, an angel appeared to him, okay? So he saw an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense, and Zechariah was troubled when he saw him, and fear fell upon him. Can you see that picture? Someone in the temple, someone busy with the table of incense, a priest alone, he was the only one there, spending time for all practical purposes with God. And then an angel appeared. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard, and your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. Beautiful. So we see three things there. The first thing is, your prayer was heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. Those three things. Very, very, very specific. Okay, So after that, the angel goes on, and the angel explains to him what exactly is John all about. What is he going to do? What is his calling? What is his purpose? The amazing effects he's going to have on on. All the followers, how he's going to turn the hearts of the children to their fathers and the fathers to their children. And there's many things happening after that. And listen to this. He has a response in verse 18. So for five verses, the angel explains to him, this is John. This is who he's going to be. This is what he's going to do. And Zechariah listens to all of that in the temple, busy with the table of incense and listen to his response. And Zechariah said to the angel, how shall I know this? The Afrikaans actually says it interesting. He says, sal ek dit weet?" It means Wie ook dit? In, in our terms, it means, can you just send two or three other people saying the same thing? Can you confirm this? Can you say this in a different way? Can you do this in a way that entertains me a bit and shocks me or whatever? Whatever your way of receiving from God is, can you say this in some other way? After he specifically mentioned it was his prayer, it was his wife, he will receive a son, his name will be John. This is what he's going to do, this is the role he's going to play, and his response is, can't be. How will I know this? And he says, "How shall I know this? For I'm an old man, and my wife is advanced in years." And the angel answered him, "I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I was sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. And behold, I listen to this. You will be silent and unable to speak until the day that these things take place, because you did not believe my words which will be fulfilled in their time. Now when I read this, I was so thankful in my heart that when God speaks, he does what he says he's going to do. Can you imagine if every time when we respond in doubt, God just said, oh, okay, then then I just stop. I just don't do it. But God says, it will be fulfilled in their time, but you will be silent and unable to speak until the day that these things take place because he did not believe my words. So he was in the temple for so long that when he came out, the rest of the people that cast the lots actually was uncertain of whether he's still alive because at the time, when you read, when you read a bit deeper and you go into the original text and all of that, you see that obviously there was a very good chance that he's going to die in there if the offerings and the stuff wasn't done well, then he won't come out alive. So they thought, cheers Zechariah, we'll have to now find someone for Elizabeth, okay? But he came out. But he didn't come out speak, he didn't come out speaking, he came out with signals. And you see it in scripture. When he came out of the temple, he actually started speaking to them in sign language. In such a way that they could understand from what he was busy showing them that something happened in there. So scripture actually says he signaled them in a way that they knew he saw something there. But he couldn't speak. So he was still there, I think, for three months or something, and and then he went home. He was mute. About 11, no, 8 verses later, a similar thing happens. Luke 1 verse 28 to 31. And he, Gabriel, came to her, Maria, Mary, and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. And for some verses after that, there's some discussion. Do You see her response in verse 34. And Mary said to the angel, with her who was called barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. Listen to Mary, and Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word, and the angel departed from her. Now, interesting to see that when God goes to a person that, in his opinion, is too old, doubting the word, but in his opinion, is too old, between the doubt and the uncertainty of how this will be of my old age, and we'll look a bit into the responses now. I mean, if if you compare these two messages, then if the angel would come to me and say, "You, you and your wife will bear a son, Uh, we'll we'll, we'll have a son and his name will be Jesus or his name will be John. In a sense, it's different from someone coming to me and saying, not in any way that you are used to, you will be, like it says here, the power of the Most High will overshadow you. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And still Mary responded by saying, I'm a servant of you, Lord, let it be according to your word. So when we look at the responses between these two people, each receiving a message, Zechariah responded, but how shall I know this? And the interesting thing about this is you can read a lot from someone's facial expression. You can read a a lot from their body language, from the context, from a lot of things. Some things that when we just read scripture, you really can't see there. But when you go into the detail of this, what Zechariah was asking, not how shall I know this? My wife and I are old. You know, I don't think this is going to work. We are past the age where we can have children or whatever. He was saying, I do not believe this. I do not believe this word. It cannot happen. In Mary's response, she was saying, literally the translation is, how is it to be so contrary to the unbroken law of human birth? This doesn't make sense to me. Will you explain? And because of that, the angel went on and the angel explained to her, this is what's going to happen. It wasn't in the same way doubtful, it was in a way where she asked, will you please explain more? Almost as if she was saying, I hear the word, I receive the message, what do I do with this message? How do I respond with this? When we go on in Luke 1 verse 57, we see something very special happening. The angel after, He spoke to Mary. He told Mary, go to Elizabeth. And I think if if you've read Luke 1, you'll maybe remember that. When Mary came into the house of Zechariah and, and Elizabeth heard Mary greeting, John leaped in her womb and she got filled with the Holy Spirit. By John responding to Mary's word experiencing something of Jesus that's in Mary and just after that you see Elizabeth responding saying how blessed am I that the mother of our king would come visit me and there's a beautiful conversation happening there and she was there for a few months and for those of you that's wondering Zechariah still can't speak By this time, I think he is now a master signer. What do you call that? Someone who can really now tell you great stories in sign language. Not only say something happened in the temple, okay? In, in Luke 1 verse 57, we read that um, now the time ca- came for Elizabeth to give birth, and she bore a son. And their neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown great mercy to her, and they rejoiced with her. And on the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child. And they would have called him Zechariah after his father, but his mother answered, No, he shall be called John. So she remembered. Now look at this. It was so funny to me when I when I read the scripture. I can almost see the the family and the the people loving a, a wife that just gave birth, and everyone's there. You know, when I think about that, I don't know what, what what happens in the in the different cultures, and and you know. But when I think about times like that, a family coming together, there must be a flies pastiki there, you know, and a cook sister. And a triangle brookie with eier or you know, what is that? Ne? Vian? Ne? Ja, ne? Frikadelle, milk turkeys. So I mean, you can you can see that picture, right? They're all there, sitting, very happy. We are now going to name this boy, and we are obviously going to name him Zechariah, and and Elizabeth said no. He's going to be named John, and I think in our cult- cultures that today they will probably think I thought Zechariah was the dad. Now there's a John involved. <laughs> Who's John? Why well, we didn't meet him? Okay, but it wasn't the case. She was under very strict um opdracht. I see the camera is off now. My English is finished, but um. She heard very specifically what his name should be, and the moment they said his name should be Zechariah, she said no. So listen to this, and you can also imagine this aunt far off in the family that you see twice a year or so, and she's also in this meeting. She had a third slice of cake by this time, and she probably complained about the hard couches and the tea that's cold. And they are now signaling to Zechariah. Yes. And they made signs to his father. So now Zechariah is making signs, and now they now know he can't speak, so they are not speaking to him anymore. It's like, you know when you speak to someone that's voice is a bit funny, then you start speaking like that also.? Or does it only happen to me? Like when someone speaks softly, then I was like. Someone would say, hey, who come flash the I I don't know, you're doing it first. (laughs) So so they are now they are now signaling Zechariah, hey, you know, who has the pants on in your house? And so he asked for a writing tablet. And he wrote, His name is John. Look what happens. And they all wondered. And immediately his mouth was open, and his tongue was loosed and he spoke. Spoke what? Blessing God. There was a meeting in the temple that he missed. He was doubtful and the moment he had the opportunity he remembered there was a word. God spoke. His name is John. And the moment he spoke his tongue loosed And he spoke, blessing God. In that time, it it actually, I think there's two or so verses after that where, where they say the people there was filled with fear in the same way that they were filled with fear in the temple. The same way that Mary was filled with fear when the angel appeared to her. So they were filled with fear. And the testimony of that message went into the whole place where they stayed. But Zechariah started prophesying. And we're not going to go into his whole prophecy, but I want us to look at two verses, and then we're going to pray. Luke 1, verse 74 to 75. That we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him. All our days. That we being delivered from the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. If we look at this prophecy, we can take five things from this. The first thing, the purpose of redemption. Why? Why? that we should serve him. We have been saved, we have been set free, that we might serve him. That word serve, in the Greek, is twofold. The one definition for that word is that we serve him, we bless him, we respond to him, but we serve his church. By what? By our gifts, by what we carry by our ministries, by the way that we resemble God. We build each other up in love. That we should serve him. Secondly, we see the nature of this service. We see that the nature of this service is in holiness and righteousness before him. If you compare it to the Psalms, And Luke 1, verse 75, and many others that's coming with that, you'll see that in holiness and righteousness means that we are in his presence. There's no distance between us. We are serving him in holiness and righteousness. The third thing is it's freedom, being delivered out of the hand of our enemies, being delivered out of the hand of our enemies. In this context, the word enemy refers to anything or anyone stopping you from serving him and serving his people. Whether it's demonic of nature, whether it's a fleshly desire, whether it's a fear of man, whether it's a fear of people, whether it's whatever. Whatever the case might be, whatever is stopping you from serving him is your enemy. When I thought about this, I, you know, when, when we hear things about how we should love, how we should have compassion, how we should, this is not what God is speaking about. He's saying you should discern your enemy. You should know who or what in the instance when you want to follow me is your enemy. And you have to define it that way. Otherwise, what's going to happen? You will partner with it. If you do not know that this thing that you are facing in your life that's stopping you from actively serving God and serving His people with the gifts and everything that He's built into you, if you do not discern that those things that are stopping you from doing that is your enemy, you will partner with that. If you are standing in a worship service fearful of raising your hands, whatever's causing you to feel that is your enemy. If you feel like standing up in the morning, going and praying, spending time with God, reading Scripture, whatever is stopping you from doing that is your enemy. doesn't matter who they are, it's your enemy. Do not partner with your enemy. It will kill you. And if we read Scripture correctly, we can easily see that the enemy is not out there to make life uncomfortable for us. He's out to kill us, and he's out to destroy us. And if tonight you feel something in your heart turn a bit when I say that, just know that this, there's something there that we, that we are missing as a family when we have become so easily entertained by things that take us away from following him. It's our enemy. The fourth thing we see, it's fearlessness. So we see there that we might serve him without fear. We might serve him without fear, without a fear of man, without a fear of what will the consequence be, without fear of, okay, how am I going to explain this to my wife or... My husband or my kids or my boss or my whatever. How am I going to deal with this without fear? And the last one we see there, it's duration. All the days of our life. All the days that we being delivered from the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear. In holiness and righteousness before him all our days. Now if we think about the concept of when we are called as the body. When Jesus is speaking to us to save us, to restore us, to heal us, to bring us closer in relationship with him. Restoring unity between us and him. It happens in a way. And what I felt as I prepared this was all of us at some or other time had the response that either Zechariah or Mary had. We heard a word and we were either doubtful or we said, Lord, I am your servant. May it be as you speak. And tonight, if you are okay with that, I would like us to pray about that. I would like us to spend a moment and say, Lord, and here's where it becomes really practical. If you tonight feel muted, mute death. You know, when, when Zechariah asked him for the tablet, I can imagine that something in him was still moving. As a priest, he, there was still that remembrance of what God said. But for, for a time, it was only inside of him. It couldn't come out anymore. And I have seen so often how we As believers get silenced by things that we choose, you can still feel in your heart as worship goes on, things are happening, but it's not coming in my hands, it's not coming out in my feet, it's not coming out in my words, it's not, I'm not reflecting. There's nothing that's coming from me. Although I can feel it here, I'm mute. According to scripture, there was a time when I heard a message. And I would like us to pray about what what that message was. If you feel mute tonight, if you feel I often can hear God speak, I have this urgency in my heart, I can feel this desire in in me growing, but I can see it stops somewhere. It's blocked out, it's blocked off. I want you to understand that the whole body is suffering. The whole church is suffering. We need each other in the times that we are living in to be actively responding on what God is saying. God called his church to be an absolute resemblance of who he is and to stir and to mature each other in faith and to build each other up in love. And if we are silenced by the enemy, we will not be able to do that. And we will be poorer for it. So I want us to close our eyes if you are okay with that. Just let's just for a moment close our eyes and we just we just pray, Holy Spirit. If there was a time in my life that I heard your word like Zechariah, and I made a decision, I do not believe this. I'm not going along with this. Will you please show that moment to me? As we keep our eyes closed, you know what? When Zechariah had the opportunity to do it over, he took a tablet and he wrote on it, his name is John. Only that, he had no other words to say, he didn't need to say any other words because he knew. Tonight some of us will have to take a tablet, bring it closer and write on it, his name is John. What was that moment for you? what was that moment for you when you felt Lord I know it was you who spoke but I responded in doubt While our eyes are closed, we're going to spend a few minutes in, in prayer. Now. If you tonight feel like Mary and, and you, you know that you also heard the word, but you are responding and you are actively following them, will you please stand with me and just start praying for those around you that's busy figuring out where they must him? Yes, you can stand with me. If you, feel, if you feel you have the capacity tonight, you are really sure that, that there's no mute, you're not mute, you can actively respond. Will you stand with me and pray for your family that's sitting around you battling, battling to, to hear new words from God, battling to connect to God, battling to, to respond to God because of a moment that they made a decision in. Will you please pray with me? Lord, we are standing in the gap for our family tonight, for everyone that's sitting, Lord, we are trusting with them. We are trusting with them for your revelation to come, Holy Spirit, to reveal in their hearts what that moment was. And we are praying for your healing, Lord. If you know what that moment is, where you responded with doubt when God spoke. Will you please stand with me and just respond. Just say, Lord, I'm standing. I don't have a tablet with me. I don't have something that I I can write on tonight, but I'm standing in a response saying that I can see. Lord, this is what it was. This is what caused me to be mute. Will you please stand with us so we can see, we can pray. Lord, we need our tongues to be loosed, Lord. We need the words to come out again. If you are feeling fearful tonight, if you feel, I want to respond, I want to speak, I want to to get back to what God called me to, and you feel there's other fear of someone someone that's sitting around me, or there's, there's some part of me that feels I'm unsure of what's going to happen, will you stand with us? We can pray with you through that fear. We can trust God with you. God, you see every heart. If you stand close to someone that's, that's standing at this stage, will you just stand with them? Don't, don't pray for them. Don't give them guidance. Just stand with them and just put your hand on their shoulder and let's just pray for each other while we're standing there where we are. As we stand, just respond to God. Just speak to Him. Speak to Him what you're feeling. Speak to Him what's going on in your heart. Speak to Him about what you're thinking. I just feel there was someone specific that, that feel I've, I trusted God to speak to me and, and I just feel that God did speak to you but didn't speak in the way that you expected. If, if you are okay with that, will you please respond to God tonight and say, Lord, I'm willing to allow you to speak to me in whatever way that you want to, even if it's through someone else. Lord, we just come to before you tonight and we just say as a family, Lord, we just repent of the fact that we often decide how we would allow you to speak to us. When Zechariah responded to, to the angel, he said, how will this make sense? How can I believe this? This is not true. And I just feel there's such, such a response of, of your intellect saying, if I can reason it out, then it would make sense. If you, if you battle with reasoning, if you battle with, with, you know, almost being blocked out by trying to understand things, will you just stand with us and just say, Lord, I'm willing to surrender. And lastly tonight, we were called to be with him in holiness, righteousness, in right standing with him, in his presence. If you feel that you have never made a decision to say, Lord, I don't know what this is going to look like, but I want to follow you, Jesus. If you have never verbalized that, will you stand with us tonight? We can pray together as a family. Lord you see every heart tonight thank you for your love thank you for your kindness thank you for your grace